Hey there, Second Breaks listener. This is Lou Blazer, your host. Before we get on with the show, I just wanted to ask for a favor first. If you are a frequent listener to the podcast, I would so appreciate it if you would leave a rating and review in iTunes. That small step, leaving a review, helps me tremendously in reaching other career professionals who, like you, are also looking to build resilient and thriving careers in this new economy. Thank you in advance for leaving a review. And if you're not sure about how to do it, you can go to secondbreaks.com forward slash review. And that link will give you step-by-step instructions plus the link to iTunes. Change careers, break into new industries, transition into new roles, reinvent yourself and make the dent you want. This is the Second Breaks podcast. And now here's your host and fellow Second Breaker, Lou Blazer. Hello, my friend. Thank you for joining me today. This is episode 44 of the Second Breaks podcast, and it is Wednesday, March 28th, as I record this episode. So today's episode is actually part one of my interview with customer research consultant Karen Calbo. When I sat down with her a couple of weeks ago, We really covered two distinct topics, and so I've broken them down into two parts so that you can have a more focused topic to listen to. Today, we're talking about Karen's career story. So let me just set this up and put this in context. So we all know that we're supposed to understand our strengths, our skill sets, and leverage those in our careers. We've all heard things like uh, move from strength to strength or highlight your strengths or leverage your strengths as you pivot, all very good advice. There are two challenges though. One is that it's often very hard to identify our strengths ourselves. And it's totally understandable why this is the case, because often our strengths are things that come naturally to us. So we don't think twice about them. We don't notice them ourselves. Uh, Also, Some of our strengths are, you know, things that we did not spend years and years of intensive training to hone. Some strengths are, but some aren't. And uh, when those are just natural aptitude, we don't notice them, right? Another thing is that our strengths are often things that we enjoy doing naturally. And so we don't think twice about them. Uh, We don't see anything special about them. And that's why it usually takes other people to point out what's special about them to us. The other challenge about strengths and skills is that, you know, okay, I've identified my strengths. What do I do with this information now, right? So it's, it's one thing to identify your strength. It's another thing altogether to figure out how to apply or use those strengths outside of our current jobs or even within our jobs, but how to really leverage those strengths to our advantage. That's why I think Karen's career story is really something I wanted to pick apart and analyze with you. Uh, and, and, and really the reason why I decided to break this interview into two parts When you listen to her story, you want to pay attention to how she identified her unique skills and strengths. Even though she knew this about herself intuitively, it still took a while for her to understand exactly what it is that makes her strengths and skills unique. And it was only with the help of other people that she finally connected the dots. 
Also, notice how after the penny dropped, she took action and created a unique career path for herself. In Karen's case, she chose to build a business to offer a service that a lot of other small business owners would love, love, love to outsource. But you don't have to build a business yourself if you don't want to, right? So you can just as well decide to use those strengths to create a new role for yourself within the organization that you're already part of or to look for that role elsewhere, right? So for example, if that role already exists in your company where you can really shine using your strengths and skills, you can present yourself to management, to the powers that be, uh, to show them how your strengths and skills would play very well with that particular role. Or if such a role doesn't exist yet in your company, but you can see how valuable it may be, you can create a quote-unquote business case to create such a role, right? So had Karen, for example, been employed in a large company, she could have built a business case to create the same role that she eventually built a business around within the company if it didn't exist, right? So And uh, she could have built a case for you know, decreased costs, uh, better customer experience, better research results, better feedback loop, and all that kinds of good stuff. So as you listen to her story, don't just think about, okay, what can I, what business can I create out of my strengths? Although that might be uh, something that you want to think about or could think about if you want, if you're inclined to build a business. But you could also think about it in terms of how can I leverage my strengths and my skills within the industry or within the career path that I've chosen to take. You'll find today's show notes at secondbreaks.com forward slash episode 44, where you'll also find links to other relevant resources, including a short course that walks you through the four steps that you don't want to miss when planning your career move. So you want to sign up for that? That's a free course. All right, so let me transition to my chat with Karen, and I'll catch up with you in a bit. Karen, I thought maybe to kind of set it up uh, for context for the listeners, uh, can you talk a little bit about what you do high level, kind of what you do exactly, and who do you work with? And then we'll go from there. Absolutely. My name is Karen Kalbaugh, and um, I help small businesses with their customer research. So primarily the way I do that is through interviewing their customers and helping them get to know um, the people they're already serving and what their perception of their value is. So sometimes it's difficult to articulate our own value. We have great clients. We don't know exactly why we have them or how we got them. And so this is kind of like detective work uh, to figure that out so that you can get more of the clients that you love. Um, I I help people uh, gather testimonials and craft case studies so they can have social proof I love helping small business owners because there are not a lot of research resources for small business owners. Everyone thinks, well, I have to hire a giant research firm with suits to come in and do things. And that's just not possible. So um, I really enjoy helping small business owners who just have, you know, they might be a solopreneur or a very small team and they just want to get some questions answered or they just want to get some social proof out in the world. And uh, so they can sell more and have more clients and have happier clients. So that's what I do. 
So how did you get into this line of work? What were you doing before this? And how did you get exactly, how did you get to do this? It's very like wandering. I'm sure that's true for many of your guests. I actually have a background in social work and evaluation. So I'm like, a, I call myself a nerdy social worker. Um, I have a, a M- LMSW, like which some social work people will know what that means. But basically, it's a master's in social work. And when I was in my graduate program, and even the undergrad, I noticed that I had an affinity for statistics that my classmates did not generally have. And it was a combination of that and being frustrated with, honestly, the one to one social work model that led me to be like, there has to be another path for this, right? And so they have a community action or community level program. And where it was, it was much more about like, helping people at the top of the nonprofits and helping people who are running the nonprofits get better data and then be able to make better decisions. And I had this whole dream of, well, if I'm the data person, but I understand the social implications of what we're doing, then I can make lots of change and so that's kind of was my graduate dream going into it. And so I kind of fell into being an evaluator straight out of grad school. Um, an evaluator is basically um, somebody who comes in and helps gather research or evaluate processes or evaluate the needs in the community. Mm, you were doing that for an organization or? Yes. So for like a nonprofit, for example, like say there's a mental health association, right? So that's a nonprofit organization in our community. And they wanted to, and anything from helping to educate people about a service. So there was some work I did where I went to every single nursing home in the county and made sure that they were aware of certain services that were available to their residents. So that the social work community kind of getting out there and pounding the pavement and delivering the news and, and talking to people. And then um, from that, I started doing um, evaluation, which specifically if, if a nonprofit gets a grant to fund a certain program, um, if it's a government grant and, and more so now than before, they require you to have data to back up what you're doing. Like they want to know whether they're the money they gave you the $2.1 million or the $50,000 they gave you is going to work. And so they they usually require them to have an outside evaluator who helps report that data. So I do things like surveys. I do lots of surveys. And just digging around in research, me and the state health services people are on first name basis. Me and the guys at Poison Control, they're on a first-name basis. But, so that's kind of what the big trajectory of my business life has been. Um, um, in 2009, I also started a photography business Ooh. because I am not just a nerd. I am an artsy nerd. Some, you know, there's, there, I felt like I wasn't getting a lot of creative expression in, in, the, in the Excel spreadsheets. I love that. <laughs> you can make pretty Excel spreadsheets. I have since learned. Um, I have some friends who make some gorgeous ones. But I, I got the opportunity to start doing photography. So I built basically primarily a family photography business. 
that I had tons of fun, but that is where I got introduced to the world of online business. So I was in my happy little nonprofit bubble and I like new tools all the time, but I wasn't like in it. I wasn't email marketing. I didn't know all of the things. So that was really where I started learning about marketing yourself online and all of the ins and outs of online business. And the whole time I was like, how do I combine these things? At first I tried to do like the, like the art piece, like social work and art. Is there some way I could do this? And I never could find quite find the right fit. I took this really amazing course, which I know we have a love-hate relationships with courses. But this one was, this was intense. It was like four or five months, tons of like workbooks, binders full of homework, like getting to your core values, like all of the stuff that I've seen in piecemeal and other courses. It was all in this course. And there was a section on interviewing your customers and interviewing prospective customers and all this. And I was like, this is the part that I love. And I was just geeking out about it and having a great time. And we had a Facebook group and everyone was in there. And I was like, this is so much fun. I've scheduled all my interviews. And a lot of my classmates were like, um, what is wrong with you? And also help me. And they started asking me for help. Like they would, I would literally have friends sitting outside of a Starbucks going, okay, I have a client interview in 10 minutes. Can you tell me what to ask them? Like they had no, they just, it wasn't their jam. Right. And they weren't, um, into it. And so, and I, during my other research projects, I always love doing focus groups, like throw me in a room full of strangers and let me ask them questions. And it's like, all right, good. I'm weird. I don't know. And that was always my favorite part because I'm curious and I just like hearing people's stories and getting to the bottom of the mystery, right? So I literally was trying to do something else with my business. I was trying to go down this path of project management and possibly coaching around with mom stuff. And it was really good and noble and like fit parts of what I liked to do, but it just was like square peg round hole. It was not working. And meanwhile, I keep getting hit over the head with this. Karen, can you help me interview my customers? Karen, can you help me interview my customers? I'm like, I should probably look into this. Like it took a year solid of like me being hit over the head to finally go. And I, I had considered it before. Like I had had a whole, like, you know, three or four days where I was like, I could do research for people. And then I turned it into this convoluted concept that I talked myself out of in like two seconds. And then a year later, I figured it out. I love your story. And oh my God, you are a, you're a gem because the thing that you love to do is the thing that so many people don't want to do or are scared of doing or can't figure out how to do. I, it's great also that the way that you talked about it, how there's this thing that you love to do that you found a way to use that in a way that makes sense for you, that fits and also helpful for other people. So a lot of people are saying, what do I know? What talent do I have? Meanwhile, it's right in front of you, the talent that you have that's actually very helpful or going to be very useful for people. Like the thing that you love to do that other people don't want to do. 
I consider myself an introvert, friendly extrovert, because I have a lot of really good friends who are like the exact opposite of me in terms of that. There's a buzz, there's a Buzzfeed video that like why it's good to have introvert friends and why it's good to have extrovert friends. And I am like the extrovert video girl. And then I have the introvert friends who are like, it's okay to stay home. You don't have to go out. And I was like, I love you. Thank you for saving me. But I always like I filter my crazy ideas through them. And I always get pulled back when I hear lots of like, well, just reach out to people and just, you know, just call them up. It's no big deal where all my introvert friends are like, uh, no, that is exactly the opposite of what I like to do. Um, And so it's been really, really helpful to talk to them as I work through this process to figure out exactly what those stuck points are for people and then craft what I'm doing to make, you know, it easier when I'm teaching people and easier be like, okay, I know you hate this. Uh, I love it. So let's figure something out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So when you finally realized that the big aha moment, and I, I figured you you probably tested it out and and tried it a few times with people to see if people are well, people were asking you to help them. So there was already the the need um, that was becoming obvious. But did your friends, your family, your network, did they see it? Like, of course you're going to do that. That makes total sense. There there was a little, there was more a resonance on this, which is why I knew I should keep moving forward with it. But there was more resonance on this than anything else I had done um, and tried to figure out to that point was you love talking to people and researching. It was researching and talking to people. And they were like, yeah, that's what you should do. Like, like they knew the whole time and I just hadn't caught up yet. I had a, a wonderful business coach at the time, uh, Lisa Robin Young. And she, she walked like the year I was in her program was I started with this. I'm going to do this. This is what I'm going to do. And it was not at all what we're talking about. And about halfway through, I had my aha epiphany. It was like Christmas of that year. And I, I was afraid to tell her. I was like, she's going to be like, all this work we've done is for nothing. And she, I finally was like, I had an idea. And I told her, and she was like, yes, you should. <laughs> I had a lot of positive feedback about it. So it felt really good that people were like, well, yeah, like, duh. You should do that. Exactly. So when you decided to go down that path, and I was wondering, because my ex- my my ex- my prior experience with research firms were firms, research firms, like the one you talked about before, right? So who did you model your business after? Like, did you have a hard time like figuring out this is how it's going to shape up? Because all the existing firms are firms. Yes. The answer to that is yes. Um, and, and I've approached it a couple different ways. One is that thinking bottom up, like I decided that my core service was interviewing, like regardless of the container it was in or the purpose that it was being used for my main thing that I sold and did for other people was the interviewing part that's the part I loved. That's the part that gets me excited. And that was the part that other people had the most trouble with. And so I kind of approached it in a needs-based bottom-up way where I, because I love reading the way other people are doing things and then synthesizing it and using it for my own purposes. So 
I love reading business books that have nothing to do. I was reading a business report yesterday that was written for financial advisors in 2012, but it talked perfectly about how they were describing their value. And I was like, oh, I'll just take this. And it has nothing to do with what I do, but everything to do with customer relationships. And, you know, I did some research with like other consulting, um, uh, Alan, I want to say, is it Weiss or Vice? I don't know how to say his last name. He writes wonderful consulting books. So I really was approaching it from the consultant perspective. Um, so I, I take inspiration from so many different places. I can't even keep track. But as far as um, kind of the research model, I really got inspired by the jobs to be done framework, which has to do with like everything gets hired to do a job. Like you hire a Snickers bar because you're hungry and you could have also hired a banana or you could have hired a nap or something just because you're on a diet and you want to sleep it off, like whatever the thing is. So I really um, dove headfirst into that framework and learning about that in terms of getting information about customers and kind of diving into that customer research angle. But as far as organizing my business, I just was like, what are the things that people don't want to do the most that small businesses need help with? And I just started there. Um, I, I have thoughts about agencies and firms, but I still, it would just be more people doing the very basic core things. It wouldn't be like this whole elaborate thing because it's it's totally a different world and it's a different format and different approachability. And, you know, I'm not going to call Forrester up. And be like, yeah, I had a friend who worked there and she had like doing reports all the time. I was like, no, 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 none of that. None of that. Hello, my friend. Just a brief note about Second Breaks, the parent website, and the company that hosts this podcast. Second Breaks is a career pivot design and strategy firm. Our mission is to help you thrive in your work and reach your highest potential. We do this through one-on-one projects and online workshops held throughout the year. We believe that in this fast-changing world, successfully navigating a career pivot is a must-have skill. But if you've never done it before, it can be frustrating, confusing, and anxiety-inducing. And because of this, so many people end up being stuck instead of pursuing what they want to do. And being stuck is the world problem that we've chosen to solve. Listen, you don't have to do it alone. We would love to be your partner in your pursuit of your highest potential. So visit us at secondbreaks.com, check out services and workshops, and explore how we can support you. So um, just a couple more things, um, Karen. So one is, what's a book that you've read that's made an impact on you that you uh, could recommend? Okay, again, too many options uh, to choose from. But I did think before I had hand a couple that really um, I refer to frequently. One is um, about jobs to be done, the framework, and it's called When Coffee and Kale Compete. That's the subtitle? That's the full title. It's right here because I printed it because he has a free PDF. When Coffee and Kale Compete. Um, and there are su- there are several other really good books on jobs to be done, but this is one that I've had a lot of fun getting into and I use it all the time. It's like I tag it up and write all over it. 
Another one, I love Brene Brown. She's my social worker dream. Like she's qualitative social worker. I'm like, so she's like a personal goal, right? Um, But I love her books, her most recent book, Braving the Wilderness. I, I love talking about, you know, it's hard to hate people close up and the whole idea of one-to-one connection with people. And that's something that I've really tried to focus on emphasizing in my business is that small businesses can leverage our smallness because we can be more personal with people. We don't have to go big. We don't have to go fancy and algorithm and, and do all these things that the big guys do because they're huge and you know that's just their model we can be personal and she just gives me more inspiration to keep that and then one more book I thought of was um, Playing Big by Tara Moore it's it's a lot about just how you show up and catching yourself when you start playing small example like and my favorite my favorite line out of the book is feedback is 100% about the giver of the feedback and not as much about the person receiving the feedback. And there's there you can have arguments on it several different ways, but when you really get down to it, it's basically true. And so I really kind of like think about like you're learning about your customers, the way they're giving you their feedback and the all like you're learning more than you think you are. So those are those are my three of my favorites. I love your book suggestions that I will all go and get them myself. I haven't read the, I've read a couple of Brene's book, but not the last one though. So just get the audio book. It's super short and she's reading it. So I listen to it while I do the dishes. There you go. Okay. So good tip. All right. So I will do that. And then final question, Karen, where can people find you online? Um, my main website is at heykaren.com. That whole st- the name is like a whole story unto itself, but <laughs> it's H-E-Y-K-A-R-Y-N.com. Um, and that's my main site. If anybody is, I, the course thing that I'm building isn't ready yet, but if you want to indicate like, hey, let me know when it's done, um, that is at course.heykaren.com. And I'm on Facebook and Instagram. You just got to search for Hey Karen. Perfect. Well, this has been great, Karen. I love, love, love this conversation that we just had. And so (laughs) thank you so much for coming on to the show. Awesome. Thank you for having me. It's been great. That's a wrap for today's show, my friend. You can find the show notes plus links to other relevant resources at secondbreaks.com forward slash episode 44. And... Don't forget to sign up for the free course on career planning while you're there. We've got a pretty good backlist of episodes now. You can download past episodes and subscribe on iTunes and or Google Play. Next week, as I mentioned at the top of the show, is part two of my interview with Karen Calbo. And for that one, we are nerding out on all the tools that we use to be able to effectively and efficiently work from home. So you don't want to miss that episode. Till then, keep on making your debt, my friend. Cool beans. This is the Second Breaks Podcast. 